0: Uh, thank y'all all for being here. We want Wednesday night to be a, a time of uh, community, you know, a little bit more informal that we, we celebrate a lot of praises of our lives. And uh, we do have a particular praise uh, in a couple weeks. Anyway, just, huh? It's fine? Okay. We're having our, our first baptism on Wednesday night, praise God, two weeks. So, uh, Miss Lee Waits, I really didn't think I was going to say that. It just I just saw you and I just started... Being led. But Lee is gonna he is gonna be baptized. So full on baptism here on Wednesday night. And uh and I, I love that. She's like, you know, I kinda like doing it on Wednesday night, it's smaller family and all that, and that's awesome. So I'm we'll gonna do that. Wolf, get planned out, right? Gotcha. All right, so uh tonight turn to Romans twelve and first Corinthians uh twelve. So to... Back-to-back letters, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Those are going to be our main passages tonight. And uh, as you will see uh, in coming on Wednesday nights, Wednesdays do connect with Sundays and kind of lead to Sundays. So, for instance, this coming Sunday we're starting a series uh, in James. Uh, Actually, for the next nine or ten weeks we're going to go through the letter of James and we're calling it our walk how to walk in Christ. We just finished raise and actually James picks up on that, but raise is our vision to raise leaders, but raise each letter uh, is a way to grow in Christ. And you know, our hope is that uh, we all will continue to do those things and you know, I can't say these enough. Rise with God, uh, our own quiet time, affirm the family, the family here uh, your individual families, uh, invest in a local church, serving. We're going to talk about that more tonight. Sharing in a group, needing a smaller community, and engaging the world, going out into a world that is in need of Christ. And so, you know, our deal here at Bellwether is we really, really feel led and called to raise leaders. And that's why we call this time Equip. Uh, if I had to define the time, we want to equip you more uh, with tools, with Scripture, with worship, with prayer, uh, to be a leader. And so that is why we are actually going through our covenant. Uh, it's not just to be a member, but there are a lot of things in our church covenant that will help you grow. Um, we call it a learning document. And um, so anyway, I'm going through a lot that is in our covenant uh, over these next couple of weeks. But Romans 12 will start because tonight, if you're here last week, it's really a two-part uh, series, last week and tonight. On the church, and I started last week on the church triumphant, like big church in all of history and all of time. Even those who have gone ahead, then we talked about the global church, that is the big C church. So all of us brothers and sisters in Christ, all over uh, this city, the state, and this world. And then I ended last week in the local church, that even in uh, the the biggest of churches in history and eternity, and then on this earth there are still all of these local churches like us that have specific calls uh, and do certain things uh, better than others. That's why I believe there's a diversity of churches because there are different people. But there is a special relationship that we should have in a local church in this church, Bellwether. So it should be a stronger community that we should celebrate lives and birthdays and new life and baptism uh, and births and be together and comfort one another in trials That's what the church is to be. So Paul writes a lot about this church in these two passages, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. So if you pick up Romans 12, I'm going to read verses 3 through 8. And he's telling us how we should live and be in a a local little c church. uh, something that is a, a reality. It was then, it is now. And that is that even though we are one, and we are to be one and united, uh, we have a diversity of people, and that means there is a diversity of gifts. Uh, now, you know, I, I've thought about this and talked to others about this. You know, how can you be like one, united, and yet be uh, diverse? Well, first off, you have the Trinity: there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there's one God but they have different roles. We're not talking about the Trinity tonight, but that is unity and diversity. Uh, The same thing, though, uh, for us sports fanatics, uh, a football team. Football team. Uh, Not everybody can play quarterback. I couldn't play quarterback. Uh, Not everybody can play nose guard. I couldn't play nose guard. I mean, I was the defensive end, tight end. That was my deal. That was my role. But the teams won, you know. I mean, they're moving the ball forward, moving together. It's one team. It's one team but there are our different parts. Now, before there was football or other sports, even though there was the Olympics in these times, there was human bodies. And Paul is talking about this, and he'll do it again in 1 Corinthians 12, that we have one body, but there are different parts of our bodies. And so we as a local church are to be one body, and we're to be united. But there are different people, and there are different gifts that you all have. And Paul highlights some of them here. I'm going to go through them one more time. Prophecy, as in someone who has a prophetic voice. Uh, This is a true gift, a gift of discernment. Uh, Now, some might call it, you know, you can see through people, uh, or you can see things, uh, agendas. You can see motives. I mean, some people have this gift, and you can speak truth and prophecy to others. Uh, Service. Service is a gift. I mean, just like simply... Humbly serving. Not everybody has that gift. Service is a gift. Teaches, explaining things, helping people understand. Exhortation is different than teachings. Exhortation is literally like, I believe, pushing, challenging, encouraging. It's like a mentor, a coach. Generosity. Generosity is a gift. Giving is a gift. Uh, Deuteronomy even says making money itself is a gift. Leadership. And then acts of mercy, and all of you, I talk about this over and over again because if we're about raising leaders, it's got to be about helping you discover your gifts. All of you have a gift, and they're different, but we're one body. Uh, there's a story that uh, has come to mean a lot to me. It's a kid's story, so I want to share this story with y'all. Uh, I've shared it with my kids uh, a lot at night. It's about a fish. Um, but the story, it's impact to me in about our need for one another. So it starts with one fish, fish named Swimmy. So Swimmy is born in a family of red fish, but he's a black fish. And so he's kind of like out of place and, you know, feels odd or different or awkward. But he's living in his family of fish, and so he's got his family, and they're the red fish, but he's, he's a black fish. And then one big fish comes one day, and eats his family. But swimming escapes. But unfortunately now he is on his own in the world, in the the deep blue sea. So he begins to swim, and before he was really sheltered with his family, and now he's out in the ocean, and he sees the beauty and grandeur uh, of God's creation in the ocean. I mean, he sees things like the, the massive coral reefs, uh, but he also sees lobsters and jellyfish. And he's like, man, how awesome is this place? And I didn't know what I was missing out on. But he's still by himself. Then he comes to a group of small fish who are other redfish. And he says to a man, we, we, you need to go out. You need to see this. You need to, to see this world. You're missing out. But the redfish say, well... We kind of love to, but, I mean, we're small, and, you know, it's, it's just us, and there are big fish out there. And so Swimming, the black fish, uh, gets an idea, and he starts organizing all the little red fish uh, to swim together, and he choreographs their movement, and he said, instead of swimming individually, you know, like, swim as a team and move as a team... And so he's able to build or grow this group of little individual fish into a school that starts swimming together. And swimming is a part of that school. And then they can go through the ocean and they spend the rest of their lives swimming together as this one big school. And they even scare off big fish because the big fish think they're a big fish and they are able to trick them. And so they enjoy the rest of their lives as this family, this school, and seeing the wonders of God's creation. Now, you're like, okay, you didn't have to tell me Finding Nemo or, you know, part of Finding I don't know if you've seen Finding Nemo, but it's kind of close. But that story, to me, uh, it's a simple story. It's a children's story. But it, to me, at least, it applies so much about the church and really why we need one another. Especially if you're, you know, you may be like me and you're like, you know, feel like a black fish in a family of redfish. I don't know, you know, you may feel like an oddball. But yet you see this world, but you realize that you can't make it on your own. And we were never meant to make it on our own. We were meant, by God, as Christians, to be together. And that living together and growing together, we can do much more. We can see much more. We can see God's creation. We can live together. And so I, just, I think that story really sheds light on our, our need for, for one another and the need for different gifts and the need for people to organize and choreograph and worship and teach and serve and give and prophesy and all of those things, uh, how we can be one, though, together. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 because Paul breaks this whole concept down even more talking about one body but different parts. And, you know, I really hope you all can see this because, you know, we live in a wonderful country, but, you know, it's a country where it, it is all about us. It's all about, you know, the independent Lone Ranger and, um, you know, the church. It's about a body. It's about a team. It's about a school, a group. First Corinthians 12, I'm going to start with Verse 12. And I'm gonna read through verse, I'm gonna read through verse twenty-six. And again, this is Paul breaking down more what a local church should be about. And this whole thing is trying to help you see the importance of one another and a local church. So verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one body we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I hope as you read this, and maybe you think about it more, you really see the if this is a word, I mean, the awesomeness of God in that there is unity in great diversity, in that many uh, different people and different gifts can be one, just as there are many parts of our bodies, and yet it's one human body. You're pretty cool, Wolf. Sorry, I just, you got I'm sorry, I'm bad, I'm bad. I didn't mean to pick on you there. Just kind of threw me the shades, bro. <laughs> anyway, so... If you take a body and, you know, it's like if the body were just a bunch of hands, it's not going to be a body. If the body were a bunch of eyes, Paul says, it's not going to be a body. If the body were a bunch of ears, it's not going to be a body. We need the ear, we need the eye, we need the fingers, we need the toes. Just like in a local church, and again, Paul is comparing a body, a human body, to a local church. Uh, it needs different gifts. And it needs different people. It needs different types of people. It needs a diversity of people. And, you know, I, I talk about this more and more. I mean, it, we're not just talking about the local church, but also the global church, too. I mean, different races, different cultures. But that's in a local church as well. And so we need uh, different acts of service, different gifts, gifts of worship, teaching, administration. And Paul even says, you know, don't think that some, you know, some areas are like less than others. That, that every part is important. I mean, so for me, I don't know about all y'all, but, like, uh, Miss Diane has started making coffee. And that's a great gift. And, I mean, I really need my coffee on Sunday morning. I mean, I've had a pot before I get here, and so I need another couple cups. But you're like, oh, you know, that's making coffee. But a lot of other folks that would come here on Sunday morning, I mean, that is, a, that is an act of service. That is an important way to serve the body. Uh, Jeremy, uh, not to pick on him, to love on him, he's come on staff anew, but a lot of the things that he handles is the supervision of this property, which is indispensable to the life of the church and the administration uh, of staff and and of budget and growing uh, leadership teams on Sunday morning, and it's a great gift for the body that not a lot of folks see, but uh, that is, is very, very important. Jennifer Wellhausen. She, you know, not everybody knows this, but she organizes our newsletter that goes out. You could think simple thing. Jennifer would tell, she's like, if I could get everybody to send it in on time. But so she, you know, you know, we're getting better. We're getting getting better. But, you know, simple thing, but that she shoots out. And a lot of people see that, and so they know what's going on. Uh, Again, a gift of organization. And I mean, all these are just a a handful, but there's so many ways that we can serve one another as we serve the kingdom. And we need that to grow and, and to grow the kingdom, to grow the church. Uh, another illustration, I heard this in seminary about the church and what it should be like. And the professor said, uh, think of a theater. I love theater. You know, I love plays and all that. And it should be like a theater, yet every seat is obstructed. Now, I don't like to go to a sporting event, but it's obstructed. But if you can imagine, you're in a theater, and every seat you know, has an obstructive view. And there's a play going on, and it is the play of history, of God's work in history, uh, in lives, uh, in nations, all through history, God's work. And so then the play is over, and no one leaves. Everyone stays around because... Everybody's view has been obstructed. So everybody sees a certain part, and we stay together like, well, what did you see? Which angle did you have? Uh, Or how did you hear that? Or what did you see? And so when we all come together, we see different things uh, in God's word. We hear different things from the Lord. Uh, We see a different angle on the gospel. And that's why, again, we need one another to help one another, whether you call it making sense or grow together or live together. And I've always, for me, I've always loved that. This theater, but everybody has an obstructed view. And so everybody needs one another. What did you see? What did you see? And that's the church. That's also, you could take that both in a local church, but also in a global church. I think one of the great gifts of like going on mission trips or even being a missionary is this exposure and connection to the broader church and to Christians that are are not from here and they see different things and they hear God in a different way and you grow in your walk with Christ uh, in the global church. And that's what it is. And I I believe that's why God put us together so we can grow together and we can help one another and that we're not these solo agents. Last part of this passage in First Corinthians, though, We're not just called to learn together and grow together. We're called to love one another and even to suffer with one another. It says that there may be no division, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And I will say I believe this happens a lot at Bellwether. I only hope that it would grow more and more in depth and in width. That people would suffer together, people would grow together, uh, people would be honored together, we would rejoice together, because that is the family, and we have a family, we have one another, the family of Christ. Uh, A beautiful passage that shares this even more, you don't have to turn to it, I'll read it, it's only a few verses, 1 John 4, uh, I said a couple weeks ago, John, you know, he was known as the son of thunder, yet he wrote more about love, uh, really, than really in a better way in Scripture than than anyone else, I mean, except Christ. But John 1, 4, he talks about this love, this love that a local church should have for one another. 1 John 4, 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. He writes, how would the world know us? Not by what we know, not by how we act, or how we talk, but by our love for one another. And there's nothing, honestly, that really de- destroys the, the reflection of Christ in the world than a broken church or a divided church. And probably all of us could name a few examples of that, and maybe we've been burned by them. But we have to realize, and if you go back to the Romans passage, the First Corinthians, our need for one another, unity and diversity, but to love one another. And out of that grows that unity, and out of that grows encouragement and mentors and people serving one another and caring for one another. And so, so I pray that, man, I pray we get more and more different. I shared some visions that I had this past Sunday. But that is in, it is based in supernatural love and care for each other. And this is only a beginning, really a seed of what we will all experience one day in what is the New Jerusalem. I don't know if any of y'all know about Revelation, but uh, the Bible begins in a garden, it ends in a city. I always say like this, if you don't like cities, you're not going to like heaven or the new heavens and the new earth. Because Revelation 21, it talks about the new heavens and the new earth. Revelation 21, verse 1 through 4, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. gonna we'll skip to the end of that chapter, verse 22. It says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring it to the glory and the honor of the nations. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, I don't know what your vision of heaven is, I don't know what you want, but the end, which is really the beginning that will never end, is this place where all God's people from different nations, tribes, races, languages will be together in a city. This New Jerusalem. It says very clearly the kings will come into it, nations, the glory of nations will be there. And we'll be worshiping the Lamb. There's no darkness, there's no sun. The light comes from the Lamb. And church, local churches, should be a foretaste of this. What's a foretaste? It's it's just a a little little taste of it. It's what we should be. It's what we're called to be. It's what we can be, not not on our own, but by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working through us. That's why I say, man, I I want people's expectations to be huge when they come into Bellwether. Not about the service or anything, but that, man, miracles can happen here. Miracles will happen here healings, relationships healed through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, through Jesus. This is a foretaste of something wonderful, spectacular that we cannot fathom. And it can begin here. It can begin in us. Loving one another, helping you all know that you're all leaders, you all have gifts, discovering those gifts, using them here, or all around the world, or both, or however God leads you. It's what we want. It's what we're to be. Something different, something great, something spectacular, something supernatural, something not of this earth, but a foretaste of the world to come soon. And it starts in Jesus. So I don't know where you are in your walk or in your marriages or in your relationships, but tonight's an opportunity to either know him for the first time or know him again or know him anew. And know what he promises us. In the present... His church, his local church, and in the future, his church together. Let's pray, and as we always say, man, take a moment to either know him for the first time, know him again, or or know him anew. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your plan, your plan of, of these local churches all over the earth that raise up men and women not just as believers who are saved, but as leaders who go and grow others. Do you know what I pray for, first, just those of us here tonight, that we would grow one another, shepherd one another, love one another, be a reflection of Christ and a foretaste of your coming kingdom. I mean, I really pray that that happens more and more, that, that we're a changed community, that we're something different, uh, that, that people would look at us and say, what do they have? And it would be Jesus. And so, dear Lord, give us your power. Give us your peace. Give us your grace in our hearts and and change us. Thank you for your church. Thank you for this church that, that ministers to me and my family and ministers to so many other families as we celebrate lives and birthdays and new life and new babies. And we also cry together, but we rejoice together because in you all things are made new. All things have this wonderful purpose that we'll, we'll end together as your church in the New Jerusalem. May that day come quickly, Lord. But may, us, may we begin to, to live it here and now. In Jesus' name, amen.